Welcome to Church Life Today, a production of the McGrath Institute for Church Life at the University of Notre Dame. I'm your host, Leonard DiLorenzo. What if you could teach children to entrust themselves to the love of God throughout their entire lives, no matter what life might throw at them? That wouldn't be just a kind of religious formation for children. It would be a kind of formation for the whole of life, right through adulthood. That is the kind of hope and vision of the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, a model of religious formation and guidance inspired by the Montessori teaching philosophy. Today, to talk with us about Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, the relationship between God and children, and the importance of hands-on stuff for learning to see the world in light of the gospel, is Mary Mirioni the National Director of the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd here in the United States. First introduced to the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd in 1992, Mary went on to help found and build a Catechesis of the Good Shepherd program at a rapidly growing parish in Arizona. From there, she started writing and teaching and producing videos even to educate and prepare others for this catechetical ministry. She has traveled all over the world to speak on the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd and to offer trainings, including working with the Franciscan Friars in Honduras and the Missionaries of Charity in the Philippines and in India, among many other travels. So, we are very fortunate to have her here in our studio today. Mary Marioni, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Leonard. I'm so happy to be here. Now, Catechesis of the Good Shepherd is devoted to cultivating the religious potential of young people, specifically children between the ages of 3 and 12 years old. What are the religious needs of children in this age range, and how does CGS, Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, seek to respond to those needs? Well, Leonard, it has been a long experiment, 60 years, of, of working and observing children. We've come to find that their religious values is that of contemplation and relation and enjoyment in their relationship with God. So we've sought to ask the question and try to answer, what is the space that's needed? What? How can we prepare a space for this these needs, these religious needs of the children to be met. Well, looking at who they are, we work with children three to six years old, Mm -hmm. six to nine years old, and then nine to 12 years old. And for each age, there are particular needs. And so there's a particular environment. For instance, with the little ones, Mm -hmm. we call that level one. The most obvious thing about their need is that they are small, and so everything in that room is at their height and for their comfort. Ah. So when you walk in, you'll immediately see that, you know, the the artwork is hung at at eye level for them. All the shelves are for them. Everything, the furniture is for them. And this, for us, might be a little uncomfortable, but for them, they walk in the room and they say, oh, this place is for me. Mm -hmm. It is a place of order. And a place of movement, right? We don't ask them to sit and just listen to everything we have to say. We don't try to um, pour in information about God. We try to have a space where they can um, call forth 
that relationship of God with, within them. And so everything that is there for them will help them enter into this conversation with God. Mm-hmm. You'll find that there is, um, in the center of the room, a good shepherd material. It is a simple wooden base sheepfold, 10 sheep, one shepherd. Hmm. And we look at the parable of of the, the Good, good shepherd, shepherd found yeah. in John 10, and this, they have shown, has been their most favorite work, the three- to six-year-old. Why is that? Well, look at all that that parable speaks about who Jesus is mm-hmm. and who he is in relationship with us, mm-hmm. the fact that he even explains himself by including the sheep. Um, they fall in love with him because of how he loves the sheep before mm-hmm. they even know that they're the sheep, because he never says that in the parable, does he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Right. Right? So they're starting with, as you're saying, uh, contemplation and enjoyment. Yes. Sort of a a natural openness to wonder. That's right. Perhaps as adults, maybe that's one of the things we lose. Um, So this this wonder, go ahead. Sorry, I'm sorry. That wonder is a is a perfect um, example of who they are. Um, we could say, I think, we could say it's a religious need, or or we could say wonder is a religious capacity of the mm, young child, mm. and certainly it's a religious capacity of of the spiritual person, the religious person, yeah. right? To be able to stand before God and. Um, my um, grandson, um, the oldest of many, many cousins, I have a small atrium in my home. Oh. And so for the baptisms of the children, you know, we usually go and we work with that material again yeah. just to remember all these gifts, right? Nice. Um, and it's small, very small, a small Paschal candle, a small little bowl. When we went into the church for the baptism mm-hmm. the first time, he was maybe three or yeah, he's like three years old. He comes in, he stands before the Paschal candle, which now of course is huge compared to the one right, he's seen. Right. And he just goes, Wow. Yeah. That whole wonder before that sign of the Paschal candle, that light of Christ, mm-hmm. when we got home from the baptism and this boy loves cake. Before the cake, he had to go back into our little atrium and light three votive candles and push them right up to our little Paschal mm. candle. And he told me they like to snuggle. The candles do. <laughs> How but great would that his be? Yeah. light and and now his his cousin's light. Yeah. United with the light of Christ. I mean, how great would that be if when children, when we took our children into church, they said, wow, and not what we normally might normally hear or we fear hearing, um, or we are ourselves as adults are speaking ourselves of kind of drudgery and and tiredness and whatnot. Um, But that that brings to mind the question of this relationship between the catechesis of the Good Shepherd, as you're pointing to, and uh, the sacramental life of the church, the liturgy. What is the relationship between the two? Well, Maria Montessori, I don't know if you know this, Mm -hmm. she said that the Mass is the pedagogy of the Church. Mm. And of course, what the liturgy is filled with signs. And so we do help um, the children, well, both with the parable and with the signs of liturgy to to ponder, to have space, to consider what's happening. So in a level one atrium, you will see the gestures that the priest makes mm. all um, available to them. And we show 
a gesture one at a time with maybe months in between. Um, Can you give us an example of like a, a gesture that the children would, sure, would study here? Would, sure. Familiar with? So the preparation of the chalice, okay. very small. Right. Very small chalice in the... Well, no, yes. But, I mean, it's a very small gesture, oh, right? I see. And it's, it's not, like, maybe even noticed mm -hmm. most of the time. Um, but all that water, all that wine is poured into the chalice and then a drop of water. Mm -hmm. Right? What is the saying? We know, um, and the, the early church fathers had a similar statement about this, this gesture, that that wine helps us to think of Jesus. And the drop of water... All of us. Mm. When we drop, when that drop of water goes into all that wine, can you see it? Mm. Can you remove it mm -mm. once it's there? Okay. And then, what does that mean once we get to some of the other gestures? When Jesus, when through within in Him all glory and praise is offered to God, is He alone in that cup, mm -hmm. or is it that drop of water? The children see this when they're three. And then in level two, um, they synthesize the mass. They, they get all the gestures together. But at their first communion mass, mm -hmm. all of them, I've watched this for years and years and years, all of them at the moment of that gesture go, they and I'm leaning lean in, in. Lean just in. lean into it yeah. because they're pondering the beauty of that. Mm that gesture mm -hmm. because they've learned how to read it. They've learned how to read it and they also have a little bit of language to go along. Yes. With Very lovely. You're listening to Church Life Today on Redeemer Radio. We're talking to Mary Marioni, the director of the National Association of the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. You were speaking a little bit already about the environment of a, of a space that's dedicated to catechesis of the Good Shepherd, this way, this pedagogy of uh, bringing young people along into the fullness, the life of faith. What happens in an atrium, um, which is what you call it in, in CGS, what happens in an atrium uh, and how is that perhaps distinct from a more traditional classroom setting? Mm -hmm. Well, um, first of all, I would say um, when the children enter into the space, we, we, we spend a lot of time in the beginning just even looking at how do we enter and mm -hmm. how do we still ourselves so that it's not an enforced silence in the room. And sometimes there's no silence in the room, right. um, depending on the age, right. but that the children um, even have we have exercises within the room that help them still themselves. Hmm. And prepare to listen, hmm. right? So, how do they still their bodies? You know, can we do that in a peaceful, prayerful way? Yes, of course. You know, sometimes that's just walking because they have freedom of movement in this in this room. They're not just sitting at a table. Um, they they have freedom to choose. Everything in that room is a good choice. Everything in that room is a door to a conversation with God. Mm -hmm. And so we give them freedom to choose. So most of the time, which is about a two-hour session, uh, most of the time is for the children's work. But then within that time, because, of course, our faith is an announced faith, we, the catechist, would be in announcing either um, a particular scripture or focused on a particular gesture or or um, something to do with the Mass, or with baptism, or with prayer, um, so that there's always something being given. Now, that might be given to the whole group, 
or maybe just a few children receive one thing and a few children receive another. I remember um, I had a small group mm-hmm. um, of very young ones, mm-hmm. and they had received the the Good Shepherd parable, and they loved that very much. And there was a, there's another material that's related to it called the Eucharistic Presence mm-hmm. of the Good Shepherd. Where is this place and time that the Good Shepherd calls his sheep to be with them? And I didn't feel they were ready for it. Three weeks in a row, these children asked me for it and they keeps they kept saying to me when we receive him at mass and i kept looking at them thinking i see you at mass mm-hmm. you're too little to be receiving but they were receiving in his word you know through the celebration of the mass they were actively consciously present with him at mm-hmm. mass and so they wanted to see this material i presented i finally presented it to them and they <laughs> couldn't wait for me to get out of the way um, <laughs> it is um, it is a, a series of people it, it it's similar to the sheepfold but there's an altar and the bread and the wine, mm-hmm. and the the sheep then can we have people that they um, replace these little ones, right? Very mm-hmm. little ones. After they arranged that, they went and they got all the infancy narrative people and all the apostles and the communion of saints they had a big joined. Old party right yeah, there. <laughs> they had. Well, no, what they had was a celebration of the mass. Really? I mean, they but, they that's what they were working on, uh-huh. and they were you know four five yeah. years old. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it sounds like the relationship between the child, this community of children, and God is right at the center of this work of the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, of the space itself. Can you tell us a little bit about that? About the, the space, relation, about the relationship, relationship between, between God the and, child the child. and the child. You know, um, we as catechists, we serve as a matchmaker, mm. really, because mm. the conversation is between God and the child. He speaks and we all listen, right? He has something particular to say to each of us, no matter how young we are. Mm. And so we, um, we, we want to prepare an environment where that can happen, where they can have that conversation with him. And that conversation begins with his conversation, mm. right? We begin in a listening stance. We really feel that it's very important to give them, the children, something or someone to respond to, mm. right? And it's, it's making me think, you know, the, the sort of real stuff of this space, the sort of composure that you're seeking to foster to allow the children to enter into in order to contemplate. And I think about, especially in our modern world, like how much of our lives, especially as they grow, is spent now in digital space, where there's a dizzying array of pixelated images, videos of whatever, um, things streaming by us at at all manner, all times of the day. Um, And we can go seemingly anywhere at any time and not be in the one place where we actually physically are. Right. It makes me think that what you, what Catechesis of the Good Shepherd is trying to cultivate is really a way of life, of bodiliness, of presence. That's right. Body, mind, and spirit. That's Mm. who we are. And that's who we are. And that's who we need to be before him. And as you say, in the digital world, we don't move. 
No. Right? I mean, I've been talking mostly about the three to six-year-olds yeah. environment, but with the six to nine-year-olds, they are preparing for the sacraments, mm-hmm. right? And um, so, and there, we, we have a beautiful way of, of helping them with that preparation. But it, what you made me think of was this particular boy preparing um, uh, immediately for reconciliation. Yeah. And he was, he was doing something where he was taking the sheep from the sheepfold and he was dispersing them throughout the room. And so I was a little concerned, <laughs> what are you doing? Um, but what he was doing was pondering what we would call the found sheep, mm. right? He searches until he finds. What does that look like? Well, some of these sheep were in precarious positions, like on the top of the back of a chair. And I even said that to him, that looks dangerous. He said, yes, but the shepherd is going to find him. Mm. And he was actively, physically working out this being found, which he was going to celebrate in the rite of reconciliation. No matter how lost he was, no matter how bad a position he had been, he was actively working out the fact that the shepherd would find and then lift him on the shepherd's shoulders. Then he walks, of course, with the strength of the shepherd, right? Yeah. And he, where does he go? He goes back to a celebration. Yeah. So our children in that in that sacrament, they love that sacrament. Mm-hmm. It's a great joy because they they recognize the love of the shepherd and the mercy of God. And they've physically, actively worked it out. And if that needed to be in, t- in the t- entire space, so be it. Yeah, where every option is a good option. Yeah, and, right. and everybody, well, of course, they're children. There, there are, are some that options that are not. That are right. not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, sheep don't fly. Yeah. And, um, children you get know, inventive in those They do. Too, and, right? and we have a very, that that's about, right. right. There's an order to the way in which movement happens here. And we, we can help them with those things. Mm-hmm. You know, we really can. Beautiful. Um, you're listening to Church Life Today and Redeemer Radio. We are talking to Mary Marioni, the director of the National Association of the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. So is Catechesis of the Good Shepherd for all children? For all children. This work is not only in this country, it's all over the world. Mm. I think we're we're up to like 40 countries. Mm. There are 10 atriums in Calcutta right now among the poorest of the poor. Um, in our work... Um, with the children, also children with special needs, all all needs, mm-hmm. um, can find their their space with God. Um, I am reminded of a little one, Ricardo. Mm-hmm. Ricardo is in an orphanage in Portugal, and he has fetal alcohol syndrome, so he has multiple. Um, disabilities. Mm -hmm. And in giving a course with the Missionaries of Charity there, um, we had invited the children into the space a few times over the the course, and he delighted in being in that space and wanted to keep returning. Well, one day, um, he snuck out of the orphanage, and it was quite a challenge to get from the orphanage to where the atrium was. And he did this, not only did he find his way, but he did this with without anybody finding him along the way, um, and stood at the threshold of the atrium waiting obediently to be invited invited in. Mm. And knowing that I did not speak Portuguese, he had to find a way to ask. Mm -hmm. And this little three-year-old stands and calls into the room, Alleluia. 
<laughs> I looked at the sisters and I said, "Well, class is over for today. Right. <laughs> Ricardo, Ricardo knows the, the password. The That's yeah. right. It's time for him to work." So I, I think you know, just as an example of of not only the ability but the desire mm. of children, all children. To, to be in relationship with God mm-hmm. and and to recognize that you know that that place within us only God can be there with us mm-hmm. no one else so we as catechists we see ourselves Sophia Cavaletti has told us to see ourselves as useless servants in Luke's gospel uh-huh. you know when you've done everything uh-huh. just say doing my duty I'm doing what I'm supposed to be so we you know, we invite them in and we step back. We're there, of course, when they need us, as soon as they need us. Giving them a home and a space and a place mm-hmm. for that wonder to be cultivated That's and right. contemplation to be enriched. We ask good questions. Yeah. And we, of course, announce our faith to yeah. them. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about parents who, mm-hmm. especially those who have an interest in passing on their faith to their mm-hmm. children, raising their children in faith. And I think a lot of times we as parents take on this defensive posture. Like, gosh, I just hope that my kid remains Catholic, right? It's already kind of put in a in a negative register. I hope that they right. don't lose the thing they have. That doesn't sound like the approach of Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, um, which is more about a cultivation, a freeing, a, a building up on the natural desires, the God-given desires and capacities. What might Catechesis of the Good Shepherd have to say to especially Catholic parents? Well, I think certainly we can help parents. I mean, I've heard story after story of little ones who go home and they're building little atriums in their rooms, <laughs> you know, just collecting things. In fact, if you've ever been to Lisieux, little Teresa did the same thing. Uh-huh. I mean, she had a collection of um, things. So, so to help parents with that, and as you say, I mean, to not have that defensive um, feel because so so much of our culture is always telling the parents, you don't, you're not doing it right. 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 No, this is a great gift, and you are the first and foremost catechist of your children. We've discovered things about their religious life, and we can help you with that. Mm-hmm. And and we actually have um, a, a, a book, Joyful Journey, The Good Shepherd and the Child, A Joyful Journey, which was written for parents, mm-hmm. you know, just to have a better understanding of what their children are doing in the atrium, but also how they can bring some of that home. And, and I think my favorite thing is when I see parents at mass with their children, mm-hmm. and the little one is like explaining what's happening oh, on the yeah, altar. Absolutely. You know, because some of them may not have had the opportunity to learn how to read our liturgy. I remember one, this was early on when we began um, the atrium in my parish. Um, the father was outside still, you know, in his, his garments and, you know, people were talking to him and this little one, I don't know, maybe four years old, came came forward and tugged on his chasuble because nobody even noticed him because he's so short, right? right? So little. Right. But he tugged on him and so father looked down at him and he said to father father I didn't see your epiclesis <laughs> and all the adults were like what's epiclesis <laughs> right? that's right. right and then for the next few weeks yeah. father was making huge yeah. <laughs> huge gestures yeah yeah we're coming close to the end of our time so I want to ask maybe one more question which is 
You know, if you could take a long view and you can see a, a child perhaps walking into an atrium for the first time as a three-year-old, beginning a journey perhaps for nine years or so in that space, different spaces appropriate to their age, and then you could look way ahead and see that child as a full-grown adult, maybe in their 30s or 40s or whenever full-grown happens. I'm still waiting for it to happen myself. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you hope to see as characteristics in that adult that – um, are sort of markers of that formation and catechesis of the Good Shepherd? Well, I think I would say, and, and I think we've seen, mm-hmm. um, that no matter what happens to them in life, that they will always be able to hear the voice of their Good Shepherd, mm-hmm. that they will always be able to trust in the love in the mercy of their good shepherd. And I am not sure that I should lift this one up, but it's what comes to mind. I've had a number of young men who have, for various reasons, gone to prison, come out of prison, and come back to us and ask, can I just help in the room? Can I just, like, do you have things that need to be painted? Mm -hmm. I mean, they came back to refresh themselves to come back into the world. They came back into the physically into the atrium, mm-hmm. and and that to me just speaks to this place of encounter. What does it look like our whole life? I hope for all of them they will always seek that place, even if it's internal. I hope right. they do internalize that. Yeah. But this place where we listen to this person who loves us and know just how how much he does. Beautiful. What a great way to, to end. Let's let's leave it there. If people wanted to find out more about Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, where could they turn? Thank you so much. www.cgsusa.org. CGSUSA, straight through, yep. dot org. CGSUSA.org. As in Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, USA.org. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for spending the time today with us. It's been a delight. Very good. And thanks to all of you for sharing your time with us here on Church Life Today.